Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Uh, welcome to Season 6, Episode 7 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is our post-game show. Uh, with uh, me live tonight is uh, my host, Bill Day and Jeff Ponder. My name is Kurt Price, and we are live on Wednesday, November November 2nd, 2017. This is franchise episode number 110 all the time, and I think it's our maybe our third post-game show that we've done, give or take. Sounds this about is, right. This is my first post yep. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll clue you in on how this is done. Oh please, I'm just going to sit back and uh, and and watch. <laughs> if you that's wanna... not how it's done. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, pay attention. If you want to send us a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we will read it on the air. We promise. If we see it, we promise. If you would like to join us on the air, go to letsgoblues.com/radio and click on the button to join the show. When that link is active later on in the show. Uh, good evening, fellas. How was your Halloween? Uneventful. Where are uh, the trick-or-treaters now? Yeah, that was my problem. Um, uh, we, we waited until about 6.30 to go out because we were excited to see some trick-or-treaters. Open the door, nobody outside. It was sad. Really? Well, I, had a, I had a lot of trick-or-treaters here. We literally had zero. Not one. Hmm. We had less than 40. So at the end of the night, I was basically just dumping handfuls into, you know, into bags. So we probably had maybe a hundred or so. Something like that. It was a good night. Yeah. I, uh, we, uh, we live on a pretty quiet street. A lot of older people live on our street. And uh, so I think kids just kind of, didn't come this way not a lot of porch lights on um yeah so that was sad but we ended up going a couple streets over and getting a pretty good haul i guess and uh my son woke up uh wednesday morning and uh had about half his candy left because mommy and daddy went to town (laughs) you didn't do the uh the jimmy kimmel mom and daddy all your candy no and we talked about this earlier the three of us I always feel so bad for the kids in those, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny and it's nice to see how excited they get when they reveal the candy still there. But man, that like three minutes where the kid is just like heartbroken. It's hard to watch. I did it to my kids today just for a second, but they, I didn't, I didn't hide the actual candy well enough and they, they saw it before it got, it got too bad. So uh, lesson for next year for me. Uh, let's go. Uh, we have a let's go blues radio online shop. So check out the let's go blues.com shop for shirts, mugs, and stickers. 
if you will, to help support our cause, which I don't know what our cause is. Having fun online. That's <laughs> our cause. Um, the uh, Ponder Tournament is quickly approaching. What, on the 18th, right? Yes, 18th. Um, breaking news, as we had, I believe it was last week. Um, one of the mainstays of the tournament had to just drop out. My best friend, former co-host of Let's Go Blues Radio, uh, Mr. Justin Wilson, has had to back out of the tournament. So we do have one spot open. Um, so if you are listening to this show and you would like to play, go to dropinstl.com and uh, look for the link on the right side. It says 2017 SPCM Tournament. And then scroll down to the PayPal link and pay your $50 entrance fee. That will automatically uh, reserve your spot. Um, but otherwise, I'm sorry? $50, that's it? That's all? $50 will get you a night of hockey, a day of hockey even. Like five games or whatever it is for $50? At least five games. And you get to hang out with some pretty cool people. Jeez, there's a, and there's, there's alcohol there, which, which is not included in the price. But you can there's a silent auction. And there is. And I've got some wonderful news that, that was released this week. We've been teasing. Uh, some of the items that are up for auction this year will be winter classic jerseys, uh, authentic jerseys. One of them is blank. Another one is one that wears number 55. And another wears number 27. So uh, very exciting. Um, Petrangelo and Pareko, for those of you who don't know jersey numbers, Kurt, uh, look at you. Out. Salvador. <laughs> Salvador and Christian Beckman. Right. Uh, Jochen Hecht as well. But no, I, uh, it, it, very exciting. We also have some blues tickets as well as a slew of other items. Um, for those hockey players out there, a grit tower bag has also been added, which is a very pricey item for those of you who play the game. So uh, a lot of cool stuff. Definitely want to come check it out. As Kurt mentioned, there will be alcohol. Uh, there will also be, um, uh, I believe we'll have music playing all night. So it's going to be a good time. Come on out. Queenie Park, Midwest Sport Hockey, right at the back of uh, Queenie Park if you enter on the Weedman Road side. So, um, yeah, hope to see you guys there. Are they doing any music in between, like, stoppages or between games and stuff, like over the – like they didn't they do that one time? Yeah, I, we should be. Yeah, I believe we are. We, um, we have an official scorekeeper that's going to be in charge of that. Okay, that adds a nice little extra cool factor to it. Yep, I agree. It's a lot of fun. It's it's almost like it's a real hockey game. Almost. And did you get the referee situation worked out? We did. We actually have three referees. Um, we had a player, uh, another guy had to drop out, and someone else jumped in, and it's a guy I know who is a ref. And I jokingly told him, hey, I'll only let you play if you find us some refs. And he just sends back, okay, with a thumbs up which I took as a joke, like, oh, you know, he's just like, aha, yeah, sure. Ten minutes later, hey, I got us refs. Okay, <laughs> great. So it worked. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History uh, Twitter account. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's let's do the beers first. I skipped over the beers. So we'll put the um, Blues History on, on hold. We'll do beers. Uh, Bill, you tweeted out your beer. What you got? Yes, tonight I am drinking uh, Furious Black IPA by Sterling Brewing Company out of uh, Minnesota. I believe, uh, I want to say St. Paul, but uh, might be Minneapolis. Either way, I love it. 
buddy of mine at work uh, is from the uh, Twin Cities and turned me on to Surly. And so far, I haven't found a, a brew from them that I don't like. I'm not an IPA guy, but they're furious IPA. I will drink it anytime, anywhere. And uh, when I found it at uh, Friar Tuck here recently in a black IPA special bomber, I had to pick some up. And it is very good. How furious is it? It's furious. Well, That's yeah, very it, furious. Almost as furious as me about that shit game we watched tonight. I was going to make a joke, and I better just not. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got some that will probably be coming later. Uh, my beer is the beer that I have when I need a comfort, and I just need to uh, relax, cool down, and just say, hey, shit happens. Uh, because, man, agree with Bill, that was, that was a heartbreaker. Stag beer, my friends. Good old stag. Always there for you when you need it. I almost, I, I had a beer, I had a stag in my hand. It was like a 40-ounce stag in my hand when I was with the Bill at Schnucks. And I'm like, oh, we haven't had stag on the beer, a stag on the show. Yeah. So there you go. Now we have. I'm glad I could break it out. Good. Um, what about you, Kurt? What do you got? I have. I picked up the the new Budweiser 1933 Repeal Reserve, the Amber, Amber Lager. So mm. I, went, I went local uh, this time. Picking. That bottle, local but global, local but global, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, it says St. Louis, uh, Missouri on the bottom of the bottle, so but yeah, it's I mean, it's it's good. I don't, I don't, I, it, I to compare it to actual Budweiser, I don't drink a lot of Budweiser, I haven't had, I can't remember the last time I actually had Budweiser, so I'm having a hard time saying explaining how it compares to Bud, but um, I, I like it, it's good. Did you find it, uh, what Deerberg's? I did. It was at Deerberg's. I went yeah. to Snooks the other day. did not have it. And uh, I happened to be at Deerberg's today. was not there for beer, but I saw it, so I bought it. Yeah, I almost texted you after I saw it there. Um, I was. I had to go there last night myself. I should uh, I should tweet that out. Love the local brewery. Even though it's InBev, but whatever. There's still people employed that work here. Whatever. It's local. Uh, some today. history. Today, yes, today in Blues History, courtesy of the uh, STL Blues History Twitter account, November 2nd, 1992. The St. Louis Blues traded Paul Cavallini, nine-finger Paul Cavallini, to the Washington Capitals for forward Kevin Miller. Nine and a half fingers. Nine and a half fingers. He, was, he, was, he wasn't missing a whole finger, just the tip. <laughs> just so... The- when Cavallini uh, was leaving town, did he happen to trip over the blue line again? Um, I'm going to have to remember uh, how many minutes into the show is it? <laughs> Actually, if we're going to do like another intro with clips, I'll just I'll get that just the tip clip and put in an intro. <laughs> Please do. Uh, I, could, I could give you a just the tip uh, quote right now if you want it. Go. No, let's, 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 let's avoid that. Chapter <laughs> 10. We don't want to get the explicit tag on iTunes. Uh, <clears throat> November 2nd, 1974, Pierre Plant set the St. Louis Blues record for fastest two goals, uh, which were 15 seconds apart, and the fastest hat trick, which uh, he got in seven minutes and 30 seconds versus the Atlanta Flames in a 9 to nothing win. Nine goals on 31 shots. 
That is not a good save percentage. Let's see, that's all we got. Two, two for today for the yeah, blues uh, history. So okay, okay. so uh, we uh, and actually, uh, Guy Bensing, the gentleman who joined us last uh, week on the show, uh, actually tweeted out his beer, or he said he has a beer. Where's his beer? He has a beer. For, oh, he didn't tweet it out. I thought he did. Oh, yeah, he did. There it is. It is. Uh, what is it? It's a Angry Orchard. I, I'm not. Are you guys uh, uh, hard cider fans? I like hard cider. Every now and then, I think, I think I had one last week, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 Every now and again, they're uh, they're good. Uh, I think uh, they're more seasonal. So, and this is the right season for it. And I sense a theme: Angry Orchard, Furious. I don't know about Stag, but wasn't yours a Dickens there, uh, Ponder? Dickens cider. It, it was a Dickens. I think it was. Uh, okay. Thank you, Guy, for sharing. Uh, Guy also tweeted out that he delivered pizzas and got stiffed five out of 15 times. Is that in reference to something that we talked about? I don't know uh, what that's in reference to. <laughs> uh, sorry, Guy. I don't follow that one. And over my head. <laughs> Let us know. I, I think, I'm pretty sure he's listening. Let us know what that means. Um, so since our last show, the Blues have gone well. I'm gonna update this because I wrote this before uh, before the game tonight. Four one and zero since our last show, which includes a five to two win versus Calgary, a two to one win versus Carolina, a four to one win against the Blue Jackets, and a four to two win against the Kings. And the uh, in tonight's game, a one to nothing or uh, two nothing loss. So um, overall, they've played quite well this season and uh you know the the win against the blue jackets um if we can just touch on a couple things fourth line was fantastic in this game uh combined for seven points um so we talked uh, a couple weeks ago or maybe i just tweeted it out i'm having a hard time getting all my social stuff crossed here but i uh something about uh, the, the top line was carrying the team and uh, the the uh, Schwartz and the uh, and uh, and Tarasenko, they were top two lines carrying the team. So we weren't getting a lot of secondary scoring from the third and fourth lines, but uh, and you know defense was was chipping in a lot as well. So this game, it was nice to see the fourth line actually contribute with uh, uh, quite a few points actually. So that was good to see. Um, Edmondson uh, had a two on one goal, picked the corner, nice job. I said before the season started, I thought Edmondson might have a nice uh, a nice season uh, offensively. So he's he's uh, kind of done that to start the season. Yeah, you know, if you remember what I said to start the year, that the Blues were going to have a very good year, and the two of you disagreed. So you did, you did, and we we're patting ourselves on the back here. Just let me uh, let me take care of that right here too. And it's like the first year I've done this that I've I've, I've picked the Blues to actually. I mean, that we've been in the show. Where I've said, you know, I don't, I'm just not not feeling it as much uh, this year. So whatever, I guess. It's whatever. early in the year. You whatever. know, the Blues could could lose their next what 68 games so i could still be wrong but uh i just got a feeling about this team even though they, could, they broke my heart tonight they could not lose their next 68 games that is virtually impossible how can you have a feeling about this team they're oh for fucking november jeff come on that's a good point i didn't think about that god what was i thinking what an awful pick a uh, guy said the pizza thing was his Halloween. That's how his Halloween was. Oh. 
Liver pizzas got stiffed on five out of 15 times. That is almost one out of every three times. <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh, hashtag math. He, you know, if he's a, he, okay, see, oh, I, he's a pizza delivery guy. So I'm sure he's got some good stories about his pizza delivering. I'm sure he's, uh, depending on how long he's done it. I, I, I'm, I love a good pizza delivery guy story. Everyone yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that, uh, He's had some older, wonderful-looking ladies invite him in, uh, like I've seen in in the movies that I watched on the internet. <laughs> no more, no more of that scrambled porn for us. <laughs> well, today, they don't know how easy they have it. Back in our day, we had to watch, we had to try and find images in scrambled TV signals. Oh man, I was all about the Skinamax <laughs> when I was like fourteen. <laughs> Like I can make out something there. Oh, that blouse moving back and forth. I, they're having sex. That's exciting. Oh, guy just tweeted us. Always happens. Uh, oh wait, I think I'm misreading that. Never happens. <laughs> it's <his> second job. <laughs> Give it time. All right. <laughs> yeah. Keep at it, boy. It's gonna happen for you. Maybe you have to ask for it. Maybe you have to <laughs> and like, you know, play it up. You know. Maybe 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 it's not giving off the right vibe when he goes to the door. Can I uh, help you eat that pizza, man? <laughs> it's okay. Bill, Bill it's just okay. is like not even <laughs> he's just not even a part of this conversation. It's okay. Yeah. Enough money because now <clears throat> I I'm afraid that we're gonna start you know mixing you know the the insinuations or the the, the different parts of this conversation. Somehow we're going to get into, you know, the, the, the porn story, some scramble porn and pizza delivery guy <laughs> named guy. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Pizza delivery guy, Ben saying that's a wheel of fortune puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, I must suggest, I must suggest next time you try the sausage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Our 60. An older crowd that listens to the show. Uh, and this show is off the rails. Yep, already. Uh, the, uh, the game against the Jackets, uh, the Blues outshot the Blue Jackets 42-37. to 37. That was only the second time uh, up to that point that the Blue Jackets had been outshot this season. Uh, so that was, uh, that was nice to see. Um, that was a good win. The uh, 4-2 to win against the Kings was a fantastic uh, – I was amped up for this game. Uh, two teams in the West, uh, top two teams in the West coming in. Um, the uh, battle for first place in the West, Tarasenko's goal. Um, yeah, I, were you surprised they didn't review that goal? Because uh, uh, it looked, it looked like it could have been offside to me. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, that. Uh, first of all, I think the reason Bill and I are kind of letting you glance over the games is we want to talk about tonight's game, but. But at the yeah. same time, so it's not like we just like, oh yeah, we didn't watch those games. We <laughs> keep going, Kurt. Keep talking. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. I will say though that Kings game, uh, that was a man. That was a fun game to watch. That was just you know going into it. Everybody knew you know the, these are the two top teams in the league, and uh, you know let's see what these two can do. I mean they've got a history together. A lot of the same guys on both teams. That was an exciting, uh, fun game to watch. Fast paced. Kings do not look like Daryl Sutter's Kings. Um, uh, the neutral zone play is just quicker. 
they attack the net way more than they used to. Uh, so they're a more exciting team to watch. Dustin Brown, that guy was left for dead. And all of a sudden he's got, what, eight goals this year? Seven goals, something like that? Uh, it's just that they're, they're more fun to watch, and I'm exciting to see if uh, that rivalry is kind of renewed throughout the year. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Tarasenko goal, um, I thought so too. When that play first happened, I thought, that's coming back. I think that might come back, and, and they didn't even review it. Nope. Yeah, I think that's probably the first instance of a coach saying, it's close enough, we can get the goal back, I'm not going to risk you know, losing, uh, losing my timeout and taking a penalty for a delay of game. Just let them have it. Yeah, I th- this the uh, based on the way the king. I thought oh, the Kings played great. I thought it was a good game. Um, and someone on Twitter, I think, was said that um, oh, the Blues just hung on in this game. Typical, whatever you know, hold on to a lead. And I'm like, you know, because the Kings really came at the Blues. I mean, they're a good team. The Kings are a good team. They're going to come at you. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all to see the Kings uh, uh, put a push at the end. And, and, and uh, you know, it was a 3-2 game before the Blues got uh, the empty net goal. So, uh, I, it, was, it was a really, really good game with, uh, uh, against uh, uh, two teams that are playing really well. Yeah, I thought, I mean, the Kings just, they, they came out with some fire in that game, which, uh, which was fun to see. Again, knowing that the history these two teams have it it was it was just fun seeing that because i think the last couple of years the kings just haven't been the kings uh the blues have been able to solve jonathan quick which i'm not complaining about um but this felt more like what we saw just a couple of years ago um i thought i thought the goaltending was great i thought the defense was great i thought um blues Blues won some key draws, which I think was was important. Um, I think in the past you saw the Kings just dominate the Blues in the faceoff circle, which led to a lot of losses against that team, which is why Blues fans hate them. Uh, but I think the let me look, uh, yeah, fifty-one to forty-nine faceoff percentage uh, in favor of the Kings doesn't get much closer than that. Uh, so yeah, I thought I thought it was just a, a well-played game. Um, was that the the game? No, that was the next game. The Jake Allen breakaway save, um, right? With uh, was that this game? The next game yeah. was the Flyers. Okay, yeah. so yeah, the Tanner Pearson was that a breakaway that he made that insane save on? Uh, oh no, he scored on the breakaway, but then right. before that, he made the crazy save. I mean, Allen played great in that game. Oh, the the the, the great save off the misplay before. Yes. Well, the, yes. The, yeah, the, the turnover that led to uh, the backdoor play. That yeah. Yeah, that's right. But My, Alan, Alan's misplay, wasn't it? It was. I yeah. believe it was. Yeah. But so. not, and Carl Gunnarsson, mm-hmm. that guy is a scoring machine. He almost had another one tonight. I mean, the the if you can continue to get that kind of offense from your defense, you're going to win a lot of hockey games. His goal against the Kings, and you know, they challenged it, and it was. Uh, that was <laughs> that was. I was expecting the replay to see a, a tip, change direction, or something. No, that was a flutter puck that just went straight in. Quick didn't see it, uh, and uh, he was a uh, uh, crying goaltender interference. And there was contact made with his stick, with quick stick. But um, I mean, he wasn't to me. And we talked about this before about uh, goaltender interference, where if uh, to me personally, I'm not. It doesn't get reviewed that way, really. But if a goalie is not making the save anyhow. I mean, and, and, and there's contact. It doesn't matter to me personally if there's contact for us or against us. Uh, it's not 
goaltender interference. Because if it has no bearing on the play itself, I I'm not too crazy about calling that play. But because he was he was sliding in the direction, the puck went in, and he was not. He had no idea where it was. Um. So after this game, we had a seven point lead in the division, and a nine point lead over the Hawks, which was just uh, crazy at this time of year. How when's the last time that happened? A nine point lead over Chicago? Is it, was it? They they had a pretty big lead, I thought, two years ago on them, and then they they let it slip away. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that late in the year they had a pretty big lead, and then the Blackhawks became the Blackhawks and started winning every game. Yeah, we had a, we had a nine point lead on them, and they won last night against uh, Philadelphia. So we have a seven point lead on them now. Still nice. I mean, it's only November, but uh, I mean that's that's nice walking out of October with that kind of lead. Points in the bank. Especially with uh, with all the injuries. I mean, we we keep talking about the injuries for the Blues. If you can get those wins now before you get Bo Meester back, before you know, you start getting the solidified team, that's huge. I mean, uh, we'll talk again. We'll talk about tonight's game more in depth. But um, yeah, these wins that are that are just banking in. That's you need that this early in the season. Would have been really nice in tonight's game to get at least a point to tie it late, but uh, tonight's game against the Flyers. Um, so the return of Laterra and Elliot <laughs> um, and, uh, and Shen versus his old team, you know, the Flyers, you know, the, the, the only goal of the game, Phillies, the, 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 the goaltender interference that was overturned. Um, your thoughts on the play, whether that was a, a good call or, or, or not. I have, I have my thoughts. Yeah, Bill, go ahead. I was going to say the call on the ice was was a bad call. I, I, the replay clearly showed that there wasn't, you know, there wasn't goaltender interference. I mean, you compare that to the play we just talked about with Jonathan Quick, and they're they're pretty similar. Any contact I thought was incidental. Yeah, Allen couldn't see the puck, and it was a seeing eye shot from the point. Simple enough. Yeah, and I I agree. Um, I thought, I thought this that goal was uh, when they called it goalie interference to start. I thought, man, I got to see that replay because I think that was fine, and it was. I mean, um, yeah, he was definitely had the guy draped all over him. Uh, who was it? Who was it that was in the crease? Voracek. Voracek. Yeah, um, he had Voracek all over him. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's he's getting blocked in there. There's nowhere for him to go. I think Peng even said those exact words. There's nowhere for him to go. So you can't really blame Voracek on that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's just bad defense. I, well, I don't want to say it's bad defense. It's kind of bad luck because a lot of times the puck just doesn't get through on a play like that, and it does. And, and when it does, it's just it's part of hockey. It's going to happen. The puck actually hit Petrangelo in the elbow. So I mean, with any puck lock on that play, it hits it and goes wide, or or it doesn't go in. So, um, but yeah, I know I agree with you guys. The um, the Allen actually reached out. I mean, as as uh, Vortex getting pushed in, uh, Allen puts his blocker hand out and initiates contact uh, to prevent him from backing into him. I guess so. If Allen was smart, I guess he would have just skated out. To the top of the crease and and made contact with Voracek and and made it look like he had a difficult time making the save. But um, then maybe you get the call, maybe. Um, but there was not, there was barely any contact really because Allen's got his hand out, kind of holding Voracek at bay. And 
Um, like you said, there's no, there's nowhere he can go. He doesn't have opportunity to get out of the way because uh, potential is pushing him in. So uh, I thought that was a good call. I said that on Twitter at the time. So, and I don't think any Blues fans that I saw were upset about the call because I think they understood what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those plays. I mean, again, you know, we, we talk about officials getting plays wrong. Yeah, I mean, they, they got the call wrong originally, and, and I guess that is where having any type of video replay is a positive because I think anyone except the officials on the ice said, I think even the Blues bench was saying, oh, that's probably going to count. I mean, that's clearly a goal, and uh, good on the NHL to – I mean, make that a reversible call. You know, there's there's so many plays where we see a goal scored, but the officials call it back, and it's not a play where the NHL can say, whoa, 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 actually, that's a goal. Uh, the fact that, that they are able to come back and say, yeah, let's review this and make sure, and, you know, if they were wrong, we can reverse it. Um, so, yeah, I'll, as much trouble as I give the NHL for their video review, I'll, I'll give them kudos on that. It's uh, – uh, it's writing a wrong that um, in real speed, you just, you think you see something that isn't there. Right. And from a goalie perspective, I like, I like that they erred on the side of caution and called it off as, you know, the call on the ice was no goal because it was apparent goaltender interference. You have the benefit of the review, go to the review, no goaltender interference. I, I mean, I don't like the end result of the Blues got a goal scored against them but absolutely the right call and i like that again they aired on the side of you know let's call it goaltender interference and see if we can't overturn it and in this case they could yeah and, 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 and like, let's face it that that was early enough in the game and and i, I don't mean to transition here kurt if you have something else to say go ahead but uh that's early enough in the game where you think you know what it's one goal yeah but the blues have been great um you know that was early 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 in the second period um, they're playing great. They're looking good. They're going to get that one back, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, they, they should have. <laughs> they have. I, mean, I think, and and we'll get into our, our thoughts here, I guess, overall. But yeah, I I thought the Blues played well enough to win that game, especially in the third period. Um, maybe it's a little too little too little too late situation there, but I thought overall uh, they played well enough. Maybe they weren't dominant. Maybe they weren't uh, – maybe it wasn't the best game they've played all year. But, you know, I thought that's a team that needs us to – any other night they're scoring two or three goals and they're winning that game. Um, the I saw some people complaining on uh, Twitter about the Blues power play looking terrible in this game. I I, I didn't see that. Really, I I when I saw, I mean, they didn't score obviously, but I I think uh, I thought they, what they had like three power plays, two power plays. Um, I thought they I thought they looked really good. I mean, they moved the puck around. They had the the first power play. I think the entire the, they had the puck and there was only the entire time. Um, yeah. so I, I thought I thought they looked really good. They just didn't. They, they it's kind of a microcosm of the entire game actually because they the the power play they moved the puck around. They they had good possession. Um, they took a lot of shots. Um, but not a lot of shots got on net in the power play. Um, and they were like one and done opportunities. There wasn't like the shot rebound. Um, and we weren't there to, to, for the rebound. It was, it was a uh, shot save and the puck goes in the corner or whatever, or the, or the puck's covered, um, or, or there's a deflection and it goes wide or the shots blocked. There, there wasn't a lot of second third opportunities after the shots taken, uh, in the, in the entire game uh, as with on the power play. So that's, I mean, I thought the power play looked good. Uh, better than it has in the, in previous games, but I, I 
they just, again, they just couldn't finish, um, which again, I guess doesn't matter how well the power players are not scoring, but I thought it's a good sign. It's a good start with the power play. I, no, I, I think that is a good, a, a good thing, Kurt, that yeah, maybe they didn't score. They're not finishing. And in, in, in an 82 game season, if that keeps happening, it doesn't matter. But from what we saw, even three, four games ago, uh, I feel like the power play is starting to look like a power play. Uh, the puck movement. Um, I feel like Tarasenko was just kind of setting up shop like Ovechkin does, and it just doesn't work, I think, with the other uh, the rest of this team. You're starting to see the feet moving a little bit. You're starting to see uh, just a little more. You see, you see a lot of robotic passes, and that's the only way I can think to describe it. On the Blues power play, I think tonight and then even maybe a little bit against the Kings, you're starting to see a little bit more creativity, which you need that if you want an effective power play. It's going to come with time. It'll come with time. They're going to get better. They're not. Power play, they look awesome. They they had opportunities. They had full control. And they got frustrated. And I think the the other power plays were less memorable because they were static. They didn't move around. Feet were not moving whatsoever. And uh, a lot of shots blocked. I mean, I think tonight, if you know, I don't, I didn't stick around to see who the stars of the game were, but uh, Provorov, he's got to be the star of that game. What well, he had 11 block shots. The guy was just stopping everything that was coming through. And uh, he was frustrating Tarasenko left and right. Um, I, I didn't like Tarasenko's game. I, I didn't like uh, it. seemed like he, uh, after the, the first 10 minutes, wasn't moving his feet a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's shown on the power play uh, most of all. By the way, uh, three stars were Neuvert, no- uh, Allen, and Brandon Manning. So, And, I, dude, I completely agree with you. Ivan Provorov looked like a... <laughs> 10 year NHL veteran tonight. He, he was unbelievable. All the blocked shots. He was in the lanes. Um, the only miscue I saw all night was that Shen chance at the very end. Uh, when he kind of just let that pass slip through him. Other than that, I mean, he was phenomenal tonight. I hate that. I just dropped him in fantasy. Yeah. Do you think the, uh, the play where Neuberth, uh, the stick, Defenseman stick got stuck in his cage, um, and Norbert went back on the back of the net, and and I don't know if it's milking or what. I maybe thought it was the, the forward stick, the Blues, but uh, Tarasenko hit the post on that play. Do you think that would have counted? Oh yeah, it has it? to. Yeah, well, it, I, I'm just saying because 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 uh, the referee ended up blowing the play dead, um, but not till after the puck hit the post. I know, I know, but I, but you know how they how they you know, have the intent to blow the whistle. Thanks. No, I, I think that's a play that gets reviewed. And when they show that it was the, the Philadelphia defenseman's stick getting lodged in the mask, they have to let the goal stand. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, that'd be, it would have been interesting to see if the uh, – Tarasenko actually he had, he had two open nests tonight, and he missed them both. He had that one, which was from a bit of an angle, but still, I mean, he, that's, he's, he probably should have scored there. And the other play earlier in the game on the other side of the net where – uh, the pass from behind the net where Neuberth was out of position and, and sliding across his glove. Tarasenko has a wide open, the entire top half of the net to shoot at, and he put it like a foot wide, which I thought he should have had that goal too. So, uh, and I thought Tarasenko was trying to be too much of a playmaker tonight and not uh, 
and not uh, shooting as much as he maybe should have, but uh, he had a couple of opportunities. He and the, the shots he did take were, I mean, like you mentioned it, were just way wide. That that two-on-one, I mean, that's that's one he buries uh, last yeah. season or earlier yeah. this year. The one where he cuts in the middle? And yeah. All the time, yeah. they just put it high? Yeah. I mean, the, granted, the defenseman and the goalie had a lot of the net taken up, but I mean, at the very least, shoot it into them. Don't shoot it high and wide. Philadelphia did a great job tonight of of just collapsing down low and just blocking shots and taking away angles from the Blues shooters. Um, the grade A chances for the Blues tonight just didn't really happen. Uh, like I mean, there there was there were a couple of good chances, but not as many as you like to see. Um, and like I said before, they were like one shot and done. Not a lot of scrambles in front. You know, save 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 opportunities. Yeah, and yeah. The, the Flyers scored had had a twenty block shots tonight. Did we say that already? Twenty block shots. The Blues had four. Yeah. And yeah. And Provorov had, I I know towards the end of the game, they said he had 10. I assume he got another, but uh, I could be wrong about that. But that guy was, yeah. Philly played a, just the most mundane, boring defensive game and they shut us down. Provorov had 10. And uh, I want to say Edmondson had all four of the blues block shots, but he had uh, two. He had half of them. <laughs> four block shots? That's not right. Well, you gotta you gotta figure too that I mean the the Flyers really didn't have a lot of offense in that game. No. And no. a lot of their chances were in real tight. Um, they didn't get a lot of shots in from the point. Uh, we had uh, three giveaways, or they had three giveaways. We had five and uh, thirty three shots on goal to for us. And twenty three for them. So, I uh, <clears throat> and I think uh, you know some people. I mean, uh, Hitch's well, not Hitch's hat, Mister Blue's hat. Um, mentioned uh, well, that's how you. That's how I think it's something about that's how you. Uh, well, that's what it feels like to uh, to lose when you play well or something like that. Um, and I and I reply back. I'm like, yeah, just I mean, that it sucks. That happens. It's just the way it. it once in a while, you you run to a goalie that just is playing really well and you can't beat him and you'll lose one nothing two to one and uh really and really you should have won so yeah that, that i mean yeah. that that like, is the oh go ahead i was saying against las vegas too we dominated that game and we lost in overtime so really i mean and so we don't we don't have we have three losses in regulation and one in overtime and two of those games we really should have won. So, I mean, there are two games this year we, we played poorly in that we didn't deserve to win, uh, both in Florida. So that, is, so that is the go-to for Blues fans, even Blues management. Well, we ran into a hot goalie. That's always been the go-to. But I will say this year, at least so far, that has been the case. The Vegas Golden Knights goaltending is stupid. I mean, right now it's uh, it's it's showing its true colors. But, I mean – they had three guys who were just standing on their head every single night, and the Blues had to play one of those guys, and, and they ended up well, actually two of those guys, and uh, they ended up losing. And then tonight, yeah, I mean, Noy Verrett, I mean, and that's the thing, and they were talking about it tonight on the broadcast. Um, Noy Verrett, it, it's never been a matter of skill level for him. It's the fact that, that guy cannot stay healthy. If he could stay healthy, he's a starter in the NHL, hands down in my opinion. But that guy just – he cannot stay in the lineup. And when he does, when he's on and when he's not showing, I mean, again, I, I hate to, to, to keep saying, well, Darren Payne said this, but he did. He brought it up. 
early in the game, you could tell how focused Neuwirth was. He was on his game all night. And uh, yeah, the Blues just, I mean, again, that Shen chance at the end. Uh, if, yeah, you can say Tarasenko shooting high and wide. It's because Neuwirth's not giving him anything to shoot at. So it's just a, a, a great all-around game by him. And uh, throughout the year, you're just going to run into a goalie like that. You sound like a goalie. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> he shot wide. That's all I gave him to shoot at. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I do hang out with Bill Day every day. Yeah, I must, uh, my my wisdom must be rubbing off on you at this point. No, I... You're definitely rubbing I, off on me. Is that what you call it, your wisdom? <laughs> That's an odd name for it. Hey, we're professionals where we work, okay? We have to use jargon. Have you tried the sausage pizza? <laughs> Waiting for Guy to deliver. <laughs> Wow. Oh, he delivers. He's coming from Hawaii, so it may be. That's, uh, <laughs> I think he's going to get stiffed. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'd say that's uh, worth the over 30 minute wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, why do we circle back to this part of the conversation? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, getting back to Neuvert, I, I thought he played a really good game, and I think your points on him are, are pretty accurate. I think he's got the uh, Yarrow Halak syndrome, where he, if he could stay healthy uh, and he has a stout defense in front of him like he did tonight, he is an ab- absolutely an NHL starter. Uh, that could take a team uh, a, a distance, but uh, Overs Curry hasn't been able to. Um, tonight, Philly played uh, a really, I'm not going to say they played a, a perfect road game. I hate when I hear that, but they played a very sound defensive game and frustrated the Blues at every turn. Um, the opportunities that did get through, he had all the answers. And uh, yeah, it, it sucks. Sucks to see a Blues loss, but you know, I, I, I think that uh, frustration just got better, the better of the team tonight, and uh, we'll see what uh, what happens this coming weekend. Um, so you guys uh, obviously watched the whole game. I hope um, the penalty on Braden Shen for the hit on Couturier. What were your thoughts? I didn't like the hit. Um, I, I don't think it was anything more than, a uh, an interference penalty, but you know, I, I, he could avoid it. I think he could have avoided the contact altogether. Here's my take. The bad call. I didn't like it. I thought I, at, at, at full speed, I thought it looked, uh, I thought it was, I, I've seen plays where defensemen hold up forwards, four checkers, uh, come into the zone. Player dumps, dumps the puck in, tries to step out of the defenseman. A couple of strides in, the defenseman holds him up a little bit, and then they go by like you see all the time. Um, the the time frame there uh, is much greater than it was. I thought for for the Shen hit, I, I didn't. I thought I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought I thought it was a penalty because of the violent nature of the hit. I think if it's a if it's a player where he just gets knocked down, and gets back up again real quick, I don't think it's a it's a penalty. I think it's because he got knocked down and and he may have been hurt. The referees, oh my gosh, it's a bad hit. Or it could have been to the head, or it could have been, you know, a, a, a defenseless player kind of a thing. Maybe they're thinking, but I didn't think that was a, that case at all. They called it interference. I thought that was a bad call. See, when I when I saw the play, um, the, the first when that when they blew the whistle, the first thing I said was, "Yeah, well, I think John Kelly said, uh, and the Blues are getting a penalty." And I said, "What for hitting?" 
I, I agree with Kurt. Uh, Bill, I see your point. I uh, just, I know you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, feel free to defend yourself in a minute. Um, but uh, I just. What if I, I want to do it right now? Nope. <laughs> um, uh, I just felt that uh, that was just one of those hockey plays where um, Shen's coming in to play the puck. Couturier is trying to cut with it. He's losing it. He's looking the other way, and there's just contact. That's just going to happen throughout the game. I'm with Kurt. I think if it's just a bump, uh, if even if Couturier just kind of uh, falls to a knee and then pops right back up, I don't think that's a penalty. I think it's just a precautionary, hey, that guy's not moving. We need to call that uh, type of penalty. Yeah, I, yeah. And I, I kept thinking too back, and I referenced the, the, when players dump the puck in and trying to sidestep a defenseman, and the defenseman holds him up for a second. That was what they're allowed to do. You know, like you get that, that time frame. Um, I think uh, they're giving a lot more leeway with that kind of interference play than with that right there. I think that was pretty, it was pretty bang, bang. Um, I don't think it was, if you slow it down and go frame by frame or what, if you, if you time it, I didn't time it. Um, I would, I would say it comes in well under the uh, allowed time to hit somebody after the puck has left their stick. Well, if I'm the official, I'm going to make that call uh, just because uh, Couturier was completely looking away from from Shen. Um, I think Shen could have absorbed the contact into him and didn't have to hit into Couturier. Um, I I didn't like the hit when I saw it, but you know awesome. we will we will disagree on this one. Okay, so, but I'll, I'll say this about it. Um, the the hit was was mostly from the side, and and I, I think players can avoid hits all the time, but they don't. And I think that if you are within your within the parameters of it being a legal hit as far as interference goes, then I think why not take the opportunity to hit that person? Unless you just I mean you know if you want to hit somebody and and be physical and 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 knock them down and I think that's fine. Um, I think it all comes down to whether or not it was within the time frame of when the you know what's allowable for interference, I think it was. So the 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 ferocity of the hit, I think, is is irrelevant as long as it's clean. Um, that's my opinion. well. I think it was blindside too. You know, and that that's the other part that makes me say I don't like the hit. Um, Maybe it's Shen sending a message. Yeah, we were we share the same you know locker room for years, but I'm not going to give give you anything here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a hit when I can make a hit. But I did not like uh, I I didn't like the optics of it. I thought it was blindside, and uh, I I I don't want to say that it was absolutely late. I just didn't like the blindside aspect of it. So, Bill, let me ask you this question. And Kurt, I already know your answer. It's, you would probably answer the same. If this were 10 years ago, do you call that penalty? No. And I know that has no bearing on the play. Just interested. Well, Matt Larkin from THN said, uh, uh, don't expect any discipline for Braden Shen. Hit wasn't late by league definition. Head not principal point of contact, just a big hit. So that was his his take on it. And then Minna Arena, <laughs> Minna Arena says, uh, "Then why was it a penalty?" <laughs> it, it it was a penalty. It was a two minute minor. It's not a suspendable play. I'll give right. you a suspendable play. Ooh. It was a penalty because it was a bad call. 
Did you take that sexually? <laughs> why? Why wouldn't I? I thought we were going back into you know the the whole pizza delivery guy thing. All right. Well, I'm. You know, we've been dancing around this all night, Bill. Let's let's just make it happen. Uh, guy, missing. Chip, yeah. Chip Papa John's. Oh, well, there's a Papa John's discussion we can talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, uh, Guy Bensing said the last three games, the Blues had uh, speed through the neutral zone. Uh, tonight, they tried to take advantage of inexperienced D-men, and it cost them. Today's NHL, the dump and run is not working. You know, I, I have to disagree with Guy. Not that the dump and run is not working. Um, I actually felt... The Blues did a good job tonight of entering the zone with the puck on their sticks. I thought there was a lot of carrying into the zone because they were trying to take advantage of the young uh, D. Maybe you guys saw it differently, but I felt like uh, when they had a chance to carry it in, if they weren't making a line change, they were doing it. Uh, I know I can think of a couple plays in particular where the fourth line just powered their way through. Brodziak on one and uh, Yashkin on another. Um, I actually thought that portion of their game was was actually pretty good tonight. I had no, I, I you know, I, I thought um, the Blues played well in many aspects of the game tonight. I thought the, the like they said the only thing that that they really didn't do was finish, and a lot of that comes down to not uh, it was bad luck with the, with the post on the Tarasenko shot where Neuvers in, in the net, and uh, and the the missed opportunity when. Again, my Tarasenko went uh, on the other side of the net, but um, not finishing tonight was was the deal, um, and not creating second and third chances um, on rebounds if there was any. So, it, but it didn't seem like there were a ton of rebounds to be had either. Um, Neuwirth was either holding on to them, or the the shots were, like I said before, going wide or tipped wide. Um, not a lot of the deflections made it on net, so that's that can be considered bad luck, I guess, because uh, that's that on another game. Uh, maybe Tarasenko shot goes in, uh, goes overtime, we win or whatever. But uh, I think I, I wouldn't. I don't have a lot of complaints about the Blues game tonight, other than uh, you know lack of finishing, obviously. That's gonna. I mean, again, though, I, I think that's just gonna happen throughout the year. You're gonna have a game. I mean, the Red Wings of the late '90s, they got shut out here and there. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to say the Blues are as good as those teams, but it's just gonna happen in an 82 game season. Um, and I thought, like you, I thought they. They definitely played well enough to win. Um, you're just you're gonna have games like that, and and as I told you off air, those are the most frustrating games to watch. It is so hard to just sit there and watch time after time after time where the Blues should have had a goal, and it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. Mostly because of the goalie, but the defensive play by the Flyers was was good enough, um, and just they shut down the Flyers. I thought in the last half of that game and uh it just it wasn't enough the first the first what 15 16 minutes of the first period the blues were all over them especially the first five minutes the first five minutes they had 10 shots on goal yeah blues did um so that was i mean they they really played well early and i, and I kept thinking and you had that that mindset that that oh my gosh we're dominating early but we can't score and is this going to come back to bite us and it did so that's uh, that. That just it just kind of sucks, like you said. It, it happens. You're not gonna go. You're not gonna win every game. And uh, I guess if you're gonna lose, uh, it 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 doesn't feel as bad to lose when you play well. So I mean, that's just keep playing well, and you'll get uh, you're gonna win 
three out of her four. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, like I said, I I saw a lot of frustration grow into the game as as the game went on, and Philly blocked a lot of shots. Um, don't get discouraged by it. You know, it's a bump in the road. Um, you know, don't let the calendar turn uh, into November. Uh, bring on the the usual doldrums where teams uh, can have their their season turn that quickly. Uh, just bounce back in the next game. Little a uh, little more feet movement, and uh, I think they'll be good. But, uh, Bill, uh, playing off that, let me ask you this question. It seems like when the Blues have a game like this in the past, they uh, they kind of, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be playing well, then they get one game where they just get stymied left and right, can't win the game, can't score goals. Then they seem to hit quite a bump, uh, maybe a couple-game losing streak, maybe a uh, winless and regulation streak or something like that. Is there any fear of that right now, or do you think that uh, it's a little too early to call that? Um, I, I think it's too early, but I do fear – when you get to November, the rush of the, you know, the newness of the season has worn off. You're looking, you know, shit, we got five, six more months of this who, you know, a different mindset can set in. And I think the, the job of Mike Gill and the coaching staff is to keep that from happening. Um, Obviously, you know, we've, we've said it, everybody knows that you're not going to win every game. It's one frustrating night. Get it behind you and uh, turn it around the next game. Um, the uh, guy question uh, to at LGB Radio, the Flyers uh, kept the middle clogged up. He missed the first period. So uh, when a team clogs the middle, how do you beat that? I, I think personally uh, that uh, from my experience is that if someone's, if a team's clogging the middle, um, you need to, you know, with a block a lot of shots, you need to buck around and try and stretch that D out. Cause if you're, it you move the puck around, uh, work the puck out high, try and draw that, that defense out high uh, to come out and challenge you to, to, to block that shot. Um, if they don't, then you got to just work it down low and just try and uh, try and stuff it in front, uh, do backdoor passes. Um, but really, I think if you're, if you're, if, if a team is collapsing down low and clogging the middle, You've got to try and stretch it out, uh, pull that defense out to the point by working the puck out high. What do you guys think? Yeah, and I think that uh, to go along with that, that um, puck movement in general is going to break that. Um, you know, you keep it around the perimeter for a little while, you know, they'll catch on to your game and still kind of stay collapsed in the middle. But if you start trying stretch passes that are working, um, not stretch passes, but uh, passes uh, through the clog and, uh, you know, they're well-timed, that usually helps. Um, and, uh, I mean, we all can't be Kurt Price and just power through five people and score a magnificent goal. But, because, uh, Kurt, I know you do that all the time, right? Yep, that's my game. Yep. But, no, I mean, it's uh, – no, you're right. You know, you got to try and draw the defense out high by, by getting the, the puck moving up there. But um, also just, you know, just having puck movement down low, sometimes that will draw a player out. They're going to say, oh, you know, I can come out and get this guy in the corner – that draws them out, that takes them out of their coverage, then maybe you find a tic-tac-toe pass that'll work. So, yeah, it's just a matter of moving the puck in the offensive zone and, and uh, trying to kind of do a little trickery with the uh, the defensive team and uh, try to get them off their game plan. 
moving the puck is always the answer. Uh, to be honest, if you if you move the puck around effect quickly and effectively, um, the 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 goal is to always get the defense moving and the goaltender moving from a forwards perspective. So if you can get them moving, you open up shooting lanes, you open up uh, uh, passing lanes, and uh, more things are going to happen. So if you're if you're crisp with your passes and they're effective uh, and they're quick. Um, then the box is moving uh, on a penalty kill, for example. Their box is moving uh, left and right, up and down, and you're just creating more opportunity for them to make a mistake. So if you can, if you can move the puck around effectively, it's it's usually that's usually the way to beat just about anything, to be honest. And then another thing too is is uh, to to kind of catch the offensive when they're skating in with the puck. If you can find a way to catch them and cause an odd man rush, which because uh, the obviously the, the the defense can't get set when you have a play like that. If you can pick it up off the forward sticks and then throw it up the middle and you got a guy like, you know, Tarasenko or Schwartz that can speed into the zone and like that two-on-one we saw. That was a that was a great example of being able to stretch them out because they were in the middle of a line change. They were trying to break in the offensive zone. Once you start making plays like that, the rest of the game is going to follow for you. Um, and I thought they did pretty good. Guy just tweeted and said he didn't see a lot of that tonight, which I, I understand that because um, uh, the Flyers were disciplined. They stayed in their defensive zone, and, and they, they played the game well. They, they stayed with their structure. Remember, their head coach was one of the most accomplished head coaches in, in college hockey. Uh, he knows how to groom these guys into defensive players. So that's part of it, but – Obviously, we see teams able to beat them because they're what five hundred right now. They're one over right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of just sticking with it and and trying to keep your feet moving and keep the puck moving, and eventually uh, things are going to work out for you. Anything from a goalie perspective on that, Bill? Um, no, I nothing nothing different from a goalie perspective. But you know, just to kind of echo your guys' sentiments, you know, I, I, it in uh soccer they call it keeping a shape you know they're they were able to maintain their shape you know good teams are able to break down the uh, the opponent's shape tonight the flyers didn't make a lot of mistakes got to the end of the game provorov made the one mistake we couldn't capitalize on it um the odd man rushes really weren't there you know we had the you know, one or two, you know, Tarasenko gets, gets the, you know, the, the fast break into the zone, gets the defenseman to bite and then fires the puck over the net. We just, we didn't have a lot of those opportunities tonight. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I do agree with you guys, you know, that this was just a game that Philly really limited the scoring chances and frustrated the blues. So Tarasenko had three golden chances to score tonight and missed all three. Right. It's all Tarasenko's fault. <laughs> I'm just saying that that you can. I mean, he's your go-to guy. He's your star player um, uh, up front. So that's and that's if if you're if that's not going to happen every night. Just one of those just nights where you you run to a hot goaltender plus the golden chances you get, you miss fire on. So yeah, and I I guess the one thing that I I do want to call out that I didn't like was how quickly Yo broke up the line combinations tonight. It, it's like he had a feeling that things weren't going right and he needed to change something in, I don't know if it was Vladdy's game or somebody else's game, but he made the switch 
uh, after the first period. Um, I probably would have given them another period to uh, to see if they couldn't get something to click. Uh, but switching uh, Tarasenko onto the line with Stasny and uh, uh, Steen uh, didn't they didn't look great together. Um, you know, I don't think Tarasenko looked great the whole game. Like you said, three chances that he missed. Uh, yeah, didn't shot net. Any of them. The post on one, but that doesn't count. Speaking of a larger picture here, a trend I'm noticing, and I'm not at all trying to say they made a mistake trading with Terra because I don't think that was the answer either. Um, are you guys worried that there's not, except Schwartz, there's not really anyone on this team that has great chemistry with Tarasenko? Maybe, maybe it's Tarasenko's fault. Oh, should <laughs> um, have gotten Shipachov. Yeah. <laughs> should have gotten Panarin. I was just gonna say Panarin. Yeah, man, that'd be great. Yeah, no, I think that every not you're not gonna have a line that clicks every night, and throughout October, it seemed like Yo pushed the right buttons. Tonight, I don't think the team was, you know, once the team got frustrated, I don't know that there were uh, the right buttons to be pushed by the coaching staff. I, I think this game was on, you know, ultimately on the players. And uh, I'm, I'm not worried about Tarasenko's chemistry long term. He's a natural goal scorer. Somebody's going to find him the puck. He's going to score goals. I do think that uh, there is a... a slight issue with Tarasenko not having it because the problem is I think Schwartz has great chemistry with um oh we're getting messages yes uh, I'll respond you vamp okay. I'll respond I'll, yeah. I can do my David Letterman vamp if you want um no I uh I do think that Tarasenko has great chemistry with Schwartz everyone knows that but Schwartz and Shen have great chemistry together, and that's obvious, and I don't think that's going to be broken up. So the, the problem becomes, do you just throw Tarasenko on that line? Because there's a difference between a Tarasenko and a Yashkin, obviously. You can't just throw that third guy out there with two guys who have chemistry and just hope it starts to gel. Uh, you need a guy for Tarasenko. You need an Oats to your Hall, a Janney to your Shanahan. And I think the Blues have been searching for that. They th- uh, Obviously, for a while, they thought they had that with Laterra, and they just don't. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I'm not too worried. But as of right now, it, it, I think it is a little bit of a concern when you consider the possible implications of that. Guy says we're starting to sound like the other podcast. What other podcast are you talking about there, Guy? Yeah, let's get some names here. Who, what does that mean? Is that good or bad? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and mention, if you would like to listen to another Blues show after you listen to Let's Go Blues Radio, there are plenty of other options out there, uh, including Beyond Checkerdome, uh, Blues NHL Podcast with Jamie Rivers and Darren Kimball, uh, Blues Hockey Podcast with Jason Martin and Chris Frank, uh, and then um, what else do we got? We got the Drop Podcast with uh, uh, what's Lance's last Lance name? Uh, Lance to Scott. Lance to yeah. Scott. There you yeah. go. Um, and uh, am I missing someone? 
Toast Dispatch has uh, 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 they just changed the name of their show to their podcast to um, uh, Hockey Night in St. Louis. Oh yeah, okay, I saw that. Yeah, they only have one show out for the season, right? Yeah. It's a cool name though, Hockey Night in yeah. St. Louis. Yeah, and obviously check them out. They're great. Uh, I've yeah. been on their show before. They're they're a lot of fun. They have they obviously have a great time. If you ever heard them on this show, you know they like to have fun. So uh, always fun to listen to. And then also the Blue Line podcast uh, is out there with um, Tony the Whipping Boy, formerly of 105.7, now with 104.9. Uh, what we got? Uh, let's see. They talked about uh, – oh, he's <laughs> – um, I think uh, what Guy said about us starting to sound like the other podcast was that uh, talking about maybe Tarasenko needs, needs to change. I think that comes from my comment where uh, – Oh, no, okay. No one plays well with Tarasenko. Yeah. Which, has anyone ever played well with him besides Lotero the first half season he was here? Schwartz. That's it. Yeah. But you got to play off the Schwartz-Shin chemistry, at least for now, because those two look phenomenal together. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You can't break that up. So what do you do? How about, how about Brodziak? I mean, that two-on-one with Tarasenko against the Blackhawks, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tarasenko could be the decoy every time. <laughs> no, I, I think – there are two simple answers. Um, convince either Adam Oates or Craig Janney to come out of retirement. That's the only thing that, you know, that's the only way that we're going to get Terrace Angle to set up man he deserves. Or maybe something Ad, like that. Maybe Adam Creighton's available. Uh, I was just thinking Adam Creighton. Why was that? Why was I thinking Adam Creighton? We were, out, we were on the same page with Brent Johnson last week. Now Adam Creighton. I'm like, Adam Creighton's name popped in my head. I'm like, I'm not saying that. You guys are scaring me. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, yeah, and uh, guy was saying kind of like Hull after Oates left, even though Hull still did quite well. But yeah, I was to say that he still had a what a seventy goal season after Oates left, didn't he? Uh, not after he left. I don't think so. Maybe I, it was a fifty goals, just a fifty goal season. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did you, did you see? The, I should have put that in the show notes. Did you see the thing on speaking of Hull? Uh, how someone broke down the um, era-adjusted goals. Oh, yeah. Greatest goal season. And Brett Hall has by far the, the greatest goal season in NHL history with era adjustment factored in based on basically how well everyone else is doing in the league. <clears throat> I, think, I think Hall had 30 the year he had 86. He had like 30-plus more goals than the second-place guy. So it was just that because, I mean, if, if I think the year Gretzky scored 92 – there were like two other guys that had 60 goals, I think it was. Something like that. It was like, it's crazy. Um, so the goal scoring was way up league-wide. So actually, if you think about it, error adjustment would, would then, it would you know, kind of take away some of Gretzky's 92 as a po- when you compare it to Hall's 86, which makes sense, I guess. If it's tougher, if goals are much tougher to come by in a different era, and you score 86 and Gretzky has 92 and a goal in an area where goals are more common to come by, and really, then maybe you give Hall the nod on the best best goals, uh, best goal season. I like that. Yes. Can we have an hour discussion about how great Yori Latera looked tonight? He did a good job standing in front of him. I will. I am not kidding when I say this, and I mean this. I think that's the best game I've ever seen him play. He he looked pretty well. He skated faster than I've ever seen him skate. He was obviously trying to do something against his former team and to stay in the lineup. Right. He's played. I, yeah. I think that's exactly it. He was, he was trying to show 
the Blues. They made a mistake in getting getting rid of him, and uh, he wasn't going to make it easy on his uh, former team tonight. And he needs to earn a spot on that team. Yeah, I mean, I I was actually scouring uh, many Facebook groups, hoping to see somebody saying the Blues made a mistake so we could add it to our social media oh files. But luckily, even even the worst Blues fans aren't going to admit that. Nobody's that stupid. Yeah. Have you been in the asylum yet? Uh, uh, Chris, uh, Chris tweeted us. I think I think he's on. I think it's, that's the same Chris from the uh, San Jose Sharks. Yeah, yeah, Pucknology. Yeah, yeah. Which they changed the name. I think to Teal. Some I forgot yeah, the name. Teal Town or some. Uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, I think when when I went off the air there for a second, he goes uh, professional production. <laughs> yeah. Either that or he was talking about the porn commentary. Could have been. <laughs> That this was like seven minutes ago, though, so I'm thinking it was the latter, uh, the the former. But he, yeah, it was my it was not my fault. It was not my fault. It was I were kicked off the air. I was because of the the internet issue, gremlins or whatever. I just disconnected for a second. I'm back. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Moving on. Uh so when Bo Mister returns, uh, I guess in December sometime, uh, which is not that far away. Who sits, guys? Who sits? Bortuzzo. It's got to be Bortuzzo. Is that even a question? If and Dun- it's it's, it's Dun- Bortuzzo, but oh, go ahead. If if Dunn sits, I will lose my mind. It. I think it's Bortuzzo for the most part, but I do think it's going to be a committee thing. I think it's going to be a loss. Okay, let's let's make a change. Okay, another loss. Let's make a change. I think it's going to be that at least for a little while when he comes back because. Uh, they're not going to play done 82 games. It's just not going to happen. You know it. You know, let's let's just admit this, even though we won't be happy with it. They're going to sit him eventually. Portuzo is not an everyday player. We've discussed that. And Gunnarsson is not an everyday player either. He's having a great start to the year, but eventually he's going to remember he's Carl Gunnarsson. <laughs> and that, that score 50 goals? Yeah. He should have had another one tonight. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, what's what's is it Peng that's been calling him Boom Boom? Yes, that's annoying. Yeah, Boom Boom because his name starts with Gun. I, I don't know. It's it is annoying. For some reason, I was thinking Dunn had not played all thirteen games, but he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Okay. Uh, every defenseman has right, except Ortuzo. Yeah, Prosser got in the one game. Yeah, that's it. Which right there tells me that it's Bortuzzo that sits. He's already sat a game for Nate Prosser. It better be, and that's I mean, unless something changes between in the next month, it, it better be. You guys agree though that it's probably going to be a committee. There, it's not going to be the same six every game. I, I, you know what? I, I I think it probably depends on how Dunn looks. Um, I think if he's showing no signs of wear and tear, maybe they play him. Keep playing him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's his game has progressed every every. It seems like every night he's a little bit better, and until that trend stops, you got to keep him in the lineup. I, I think if he goes into a slump or or starts to to if if that happens where he starts to his play starts to slump a little bit, then I think then you might see him take some time off. I don't. It also depends on where the Blues are on the standings. All kinds of things factor in, um, but I think they'll, and depending on who they have to play in his place. So the way that I see it with rookie defensemen is, is how, when a, a, a backup goalie goes on a hot streak, you're going to play him until the first sign of anything wrong goes, happens. 
then you're going to sit them. It's the same thing with, with NHL coaches don't like pushing their, their young rookie defensemen. So I could see them saying, you know, done good game, done good game, done good game. Dunn had a turnover and it was a minus three. Okay, you're going to sit this next game, and then we're going to put you back in next game. I think it's going to be something like that. Not saying I agree with it, but I think that's how it's going to happen. I can see that. Yeah, that that goes along with uh, hockey coach cliches 101. So, yeah. Uh, So, do you want to do uh, Blue's social media fails? Sure. Aha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Blue's social media fails. So I got a couple uh, in a thread discussing a nice goal scored against the Blues, and Blues fans said, that's fine, we'll take the win. Where was this at? This was on Facebook, on the Blues. I think it was on Facebook. It looks Uh, like Facebook. No, it was Facebook. It was the NHL NHL feed on Facebook, I think. And it was talking about the nice goal that was scored by, I forgot who it was, the little, the... uh, falling, losing the puck, uh, looked like it was a behind-the-back. Could have been a nice play. Could have been ac- losing the puck on the two-on-one that they scored against the Blues a couple of games ago. But the Blues got the win. And uh, the person says, uh, I'm going to give the name because I'm um, cause this kind of take me off. Uh, Cody Bivens. Uh, have fun with all these Blues fans. Scoreboard is our mantra. I wonder how they'd react if we casually mention that the Hurricanes have won a cup. And uh, see... <laughs> I this guy thinks that this is somehow how how would we react to that comment because really uh, this kind of thing has been said all the time I don't know how, I don't know uh, uh, why this guy thinks this is some kind of an original comment uh, about uh, uh, how many cups have people won because that, that that kind of thing has been said uh, literally a thousand times and I'm tired of it I, I mean not not where I'm annoyed by it where I think it's comical that people think it's some kind of creative uh, insulting thing to say to the blues and i think we've talked about this before actually about uh oh well well yeah you won the game but how many cups have you won really you're gonna go there that's the best you got for this kind of thing yeah you know it it goes into when uh before the cubs won the world series when i was giving a cubs fan trouble i never mentioned the world series because you know what they hear that from every single person in the universe so i tried to find topical current things that were happening, something that maybe a player did the game before and say, oh yeah, you know, remember that? You know, that that's a little more clever than 1908. <laughs> it really just, it's the kind of thing where you just really have nothing substantial to add to the conversation. So you just go, oh, you know, the Hurricanes won a cup 15 years ago. So, uh, so there. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a yeah, and and if you want to, so I was at the game in Carolina where they won the cup. It was a great time, you know, just to see the cup awarded, whatever. But if you want to break it down, the Carolina Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup. It was a lockout shortened season, and teams sold them pieces at the end of the season uh, as they were trying to get ready for the new uh, salary paradigm in the NHL. So total fluke that they won it. Glad that they won it, but yeah, just if, if you want to go there and talk about the cup that you won, uh, try doing it over an 82 game season. Guess what, Carolina Panthers? The St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. 
what, 2001? 2000? What, was it? what year was it? 2000, but it was the 99 season. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I take that 17 years ago. <laughs> and then another reply to that was, uh, uh, right, the, uh, this is a fan base that should remain silent up until the moment they finally win one. So when has that ever been a thing with anything? So we, so this guy, we're not supposed to actually cheer for our team uh, ever or be excited about a win or uh, 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 against someone because we can't really, really cheer for our team until the second after we win a cup. That's when we can actually cheer for our team. That makes a lot of sense. That's one of the stupidest things I've, I've read. We should stop recording the show. We can't do a show until we win the cup, right? <laughs> it's, it's, we that's what we do. We talk about the show. We talk about the team. We cheer on the team. We praise the team when they deserve it. We rip them when they do when they deserve that. But yeah, God forbid we actually get excited about a, a team or a game. Uh, yeah, we can't do the show because that's what we do. Well, and let's face it, we, a cup. we can do a post game show after they won the cup, but that's it. Yep. Well, then let's face it. I mean, not ragging on entire fan base because this is just two morons who don't really understand how to be civil fans and even how to really trash talk. Um, they, uh, I'm sorry, the Blues are way better represented than the Hurricanes. So just because you had one winning season means that your fan base is better than the blues fan base you're more knowledgeable you know more about the sport you know what can be said and what can't yeah i'd love to get in a have a little blues versus hurricanes fan battle and see who knows more about the sport just because you want it was it 12 years ago they won whatever it was uh, so yeah. 11 years ago. so 11 years ago they won a cup great accomplishment but that doesn't automatically give you, you. You just can't. You just you can't tell people that unless you, if you do, you sound like an idiot. You can't say, "Oh, we didn't win a couple eleven years ago, so you, you know, uh, you know, who cares if you beat us yesterday?" <laughs> right. It, it, it's it's really asinine. You know, it, it's a non-conference game in October, and you're so pissed off about the result that. You're gonna point to the, you know, you, you blame us for being, you know, oh hey scoreboard. Well, you're doing the same thing with cups. It's it's ridiculous. And uh, when was the last time you guys made the playoffs anyway? <laughs> the Longest thing, current streak. The thing with it is, is that they the 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 post was about the nice goal that was scored. It was it was a nice goal if the pass was on purpose. If it wasn't on purpose and he just lost the puck. It was a fortunate bounce, and they scored a goal, which happens all the time, whatever. But uh, Blues fans rightfully said, and after the Hurricanes were saying, oh, nice goal, and Blues fans rightfully said, you know, as far as trash talking goes online, eh, we'll take the win, thanks. That was, that's fine. That, is, that To me, that's like, oh, okay, well, you really can't say too much about teams on the scoreboard. They won, the Blues won the game. It's like it's like Blues fans being really excited, and you you don't hear Blues fans really brag too much about winning Game Six against Calgary, the Monday Night Miracle '86, because we lost Game Seven. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a great moment. We love that goal. It's one of the most the most cherished moments in Blues history. But you don't really t- hear Blues fans bragging about that moment to other teams. For example, this is like something we're proud of because internally, <laughs> it's not really something externally we brag about. Because we lost the series. If we won the series, then, then, then you that that goal. Uh, that's like it, to me that if we won that series, 
then that game six is kind of like Freeze's performance in game six for the Cardinals against the Rangers uh, uh, in 11. Same kind of thing. You win game six dramatically, and then you don't go in win, go in winning game seven. If the Blues had won game seven that year, then we have that to kind of talk about, but we, we, we don't. So. The most, one of the most prized moments in Blues history is in a series we lost, which is kind of embarrassing, to be honest. It's it's very bluesy. Yes, it is. But it's it's something internally we celebrate. It's not always something. It's not something that we expect other people to know about, really. Other 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 cities and fans, because it's more of a oh we lost a series, so who cares? Did uh, oh this next one? Oh boy. Did uh, now? Do you have something for this, Jeff? No, uh, I know where you're going with it, though. I don't. I don't have anything. I, I put it in here as a placeholder. Thought you might have something. You oh, have... well, let's just speak generally. Then. Okay, good. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, good. So, so I came across this a couple weeks ago when I when I uh, added the the stuff from the asylum. I think that was two shows ago. I came across uh, a couple. STL oh, today. Asylum. Asylum. Yeah, the Asylum. STL Today Forum. Right. Uh, Blues Talk in the STL for, Today Forum. For the uninitiated. <laughs> right. Um, so, basically, uh, I just kind of, the way I noticed it was there's a couple references in game threads as I was kind of going through. Because, like I said, I hadn't seen or looked at these forums for years. I mean, the last time I looked was when we were on St. Louis Blues Radio, which was five years ago, Kurt, six years ago. Yeah, that was the first season. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we started, uh, I started looking through them again, and there was just some references to, oh, there's another Pareko. Oh, there's another Pareko play that we've been talking about. And I'm thinking, what are they talking about? And then I finally saw a post uh, that somebody made a, a couple days later basically talking about how Pareko is overrated. They don't understand how people like him so much, why he's such a, a big, has such a big following, why Pierre Maguire talks about how great he is, um, and that the Blues need to trade him because his trade value is never going to be higher than what it is right now because people are going to start realizing the type of player he really is. And uh, at first... I couldn't see any references, like actual references, to why they think Pareko's a bad player. All I saw was, oh, this guy sucks. Get rid of him. Okay, why does he suck? So finally, some people started posting, well, he's 6'6", but he plays like he's 4'10". And, oh, his, his offensive abilities aren't even that good. He hasn't scored a goal in 100 regular season games. And then people even started, the, the, the few people, by the way, on the asylum that started defending him, uh, started saying, but he scored in the playoffs last year. And other people were saying, oh, well, that doesn't count. We're just talking about regular season. How does playoffs not count? That counts, that counts more to me. Like I told Kurt, when Joel Edmondson scored those goals in the last uh, postseason, I respected him more as an offensive threat because he was doing it when it really mattered. So how does playoffs not count? And just, it's just, it's continued on. If, if you really want a good laugh or you want to get really angry, like a couple of us have, go to the asylum, check out anything, any mentions of Pareko, and look through the comments because it is asinine. I'm sorry, we've said this on this show before. This kid is the real deal. And I will say, and I know you guys might have done the same thing as me, the last couple games, 
I have specifically watched him when he's on the ice, and I've said, you know what? Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's just something that I'm not getting that they're seeing that I'm not. Yeah, there's not. That guy is solid uh, tonight. He, uh, there was a couple of plays where he had the puck in his zone. Long stretch passes, perfect passes on the tape. Uh, blocking guys out of the net. Uh, or I mean, out of the crease, uh, um, taking the puck from guys in the corner, reaching around guys and poking the puck away. He's doing every small thing you could ask of a big defenseman except play like Chris Pronger and knock teeth out, which is fine in today's NHL. Ah, all right, yeah. Kurt, well, Bill, go. What was what was the one thread that, uh, that we were sharing uh, where – Somebody said it was the game uh, the day after Prosser drew into the lineup. It basically said, yeah, I'm comfortable with Prosser as the sixth defenseman. Move boards up to the second pairing. And uh, yeah, it did trade Pareko in uh, while he still got his value. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and that's the other thing is people saying trade Pareko for, a, for an offensive talent to help Tarasenko. Your second best right-handed defenseman is Robert Bertuzzo at that point. Are you kidding me? But Prosser looked good for six minutes one night. I actually, I actually responded to that person. I thought I pulled it up here. I got it. My response. So a couple of things I said in there, which I thought, I thought, I thought what I typed out was fairly well thought out. But you know, then and not, I didn't get a lot of replies to it, which I guess is a good thing for me because people didn't have much to say after that. But um, it doesn't seem like uh, some were very good at grading talent, uh, and look just they just look at the box scores. Um, his defensive play apparently went unappreciated, like you mentioned, Jeff, is was unappreciated completely. Uh, in by these people here in the asylum, um, he's fantastic in our own end in transition, carries the puck out of our zone in the offensive zone with a purpose, like few others do on the team. And when he wants to go end to end, he does. Um, I'm not against trading anyone on this team. Uh, if it makes the team better now and in the future. But Pareko is uh, damn near untouchable <laughs> uh, due to his talent and age, and he's a pretty fucking good hockey player and needs to stay right here. But uh, so, but Pareko is second on, the D, on D on the team in point shares behind only Pare- uh, Petrangelo, and he's tied with Petrangelo in defensive point shares for tops in the, uh, in the team, with a 0.5, and if projected out the rest of the season, puts him on pace for a six defensive point share, which is pretty, uh, pretty good because Dowdy led the league in defensive point shares last year with 7.15, and uh, Suter had 6.6, Burns 6.4, Showweber 6.04. You get the idea. But uh, seven games at the time, it was seven games, is a small sample size. Yeah, seven games, and they went to bail on him. Good God. Oh, apparently, the, I, from what I'm guessing, this has been going on for longer this season. He's, yeah. His his three points, his, his goal and two assists in, in seven games so far this year. So, and I was I'm not kidding. I was amazed, and I I remember uh, with like Brad Boys and and players like that in the past, Lee Stempniak, people saying sell high, sell high, trade him now, trade him now. And at the time, it was like, well, no, we need some offense. But I kind of see your point. Let's get something for the future because this team isn't worth a damn. Colton Pareko not only is an elite level prospect defenseman, can you call him a prospect at this point? I don't even know. Elite level. No. no. Elite young talent. 
elite young talent, but thank you, uh, in the NHL. And he's on a damn good team that has cup aspirations for the next couple of years. Why would you move him? The only reason you move him is if you get Connor McDavid or a player of that ilk, which, by the way, isn't going to happen. You know, he, they, they mentioned about him not scoring a regular season goal in 100 and some games, whatever it is. Um, he, <laughs> he has a goal this year. It's on the power play. So the, their, their qualifications for, for a goal scoring is regular season, even strength. <laughs> yeah, they even said that. They it can't it can't be in the playoffs. Can't be in the power play. To totally fit their agenda for the anti preco crap is has to be regular season, even strength, power play, and uh, uh, power playoffs do, do not count. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in that thread somebody even said no. He scored in the power play in the first game of the season this year, and some no. Somebody said he scored in the first game of the season this year, and the person responded and said, "Yeah, but that was on the power play." What? What? Why is that bad? Yeah, and and maybe maybe it's you know the fact that other teams are keying on him, not letting him get shots that are making plays available to Carl Gunnarsson, Joel Edmondson, whoever he's paired with that night, and they're scoring goals. So yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. He's not showing up in the in the goals column. Come on. He's 24 years old. Okay. He is an elite level young talent. Might be the best 24 year old defenseman in the league. I'm not looking, I'm looking, looking at the age of the defenseman. But defensemen typically, historically, traditionally do not enter their prime until they're 28, 29, 30, 31, around 30 years old. He's, I mean, he is, he is not as good as he's going to get even. He's elite now, and I've said this before on the show, before too long, he will be in Norris Trophy consideration. He'll, he'll be talked about. And I think his offense has been picking up. He's making the right plays. The puck's just not going in the net yet. I'm not even worried about his offense necessarily because we're getting offense at other places right now. That's not a concern for me right now with him. Um, he's a defenseman, and his defensive abilities are fantastic. It's not like other uh, offensive defensemen who are putting up points that are average at best in their own end. So like Carlson in Ottawa, fantastic offensive player. He's an average defenseman. So I just, I mean, it'd be different if Pareko was not putting the puck in the net and he was uh, screwing up in his own end and, and was playing subpar and having bad games in his own end. He's not. He's, he's, He's a fantastic player. He's a, he's fast. He's he's a he's got he's a he's a playmaker. He can carry the puck uh, with a purpose. I, I don't I don't I don't get uh, people. People are looking at box scores and looking for who scores and who gets assists, and that's it. And that's sad and pathetic that they actually get a voice to any kind of you know reach online with the ignorance like that. Well, and and so one other thing that 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 happened with this. Was the 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 game he hurt his hand? Uh, which game was that? Uh, I don't the Columbus. He came. Yeah, might might have been. No, um, I don't remember. He he hurt his hand in a game. It was an away game. I don't remember which one it was. Um, and the idiot who started the original post we've been talking about, and I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to give him credit. I don't want him to think, oh, you're talking about me. You know who you are, asshole. Um, <laughs> he. He put on there in the game thread, 
Pareko, only seven minutes tonight? Hmm. And somebody responded, because he got hurt. He hurt his hand, dipshit. And somebody responded and said, yeah, he hurt his hand. And he said, oh, yeah, I didn't wasn't able to watch the game. I just saw the box score. And, and he's like, sorry, guys. And then somebody responded with, no, you're just trying to, to fill your agenda of Pareko hate. And you were going to use that as leverage. But now you can't. So now you're acting like, oh, sorry, guys, I didn't know. He wouldn't have said a word about it if nobody would have responded to that. We've talked about this. I, I, I can't, and I don't want to be that guy that says, oh, you never played the game, you don't understand. But sometimes, and we talked about this, sometimes it's true. If you've, when you're making comments like that, if you, if you don't understand what goes into making a good hockey play, or you, you can't, if you can't judge talent on the ice just by watching a player skate, and, and the plays they make that aren't goal-scoring plays, uh, if you can't determine what's a good play and a bad play, what's a good decision and a bad decision at certain, in certain times on the ice in certain situations, um, you, need, you need to shut up about, about your player analysis on forums like this. Uh, you just you, you come off looking stupid. That's, I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. They, they, to, to call Pareko a, a guy that's, that's underperforming, we need to get rid of him now because his trade value is as high as it'll ever be, is ridiculous. It's a stupid thing to say. It's stupid. Yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, we have talked about this. I mean, we've heard people say this all the time, and it comes off with a certain arrogance. Oh, you know, you don't know until you've played the game. This time, this time it's true. I mean, it's obvious the people who are saying this. And no, I'm not saying that that if you're smart, if you're smart at the hockey, you're gonna love Pareko. I get that there's parts of his game maybe people don't like. I don't know why, but I know that happens. So that's fine. But the reasoning that I've read are people who are simply looking at points and box scores and saying, "Oh, Pareko was an even plus minus." played in 25 minutes and didn't score a goal. That's the type of people that we're talking about here. They just, they, there's so much more to the game than box scores. And most of the people I think that we've talked to that listen to this show know that, but there are a lot of people in this world who don't. They're the same people that are yelling shoot on the power play. Yes. (laughs) Shoot it, shoot it. Shut up, shut up. Uh, did you see the commercial? I forgot who it was. I think it was a Philadelphia player, maybe. Uh, that was uh, it was basically mocking the the people that yell shoot, and they he he was like he wanted he's like okay yes I want I want to thank all the fans for for telling me to shoot when we come in the offensive zone because I had forgotten that we were trying to score goals and uh, I'm glad that they reminded us that we had to shoot the puck to score goals. <laughs> well, that was funny. Um, Let's see that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I have to look for it and uh, and try and share it. I can't. It was, I saw it a few years ago. Uh, do you guys have anything else you would like to add for this evening's show? Um, no. For a, a brief post game show, we've almost gone two hours. So, <laughs> hour and a half, wasn't it? No, I guess not. Yeah, we're we're uh, hour forty five ish. I mean. Jeff and I are. You disappeared for a while, so that's true. And uh, oh, guy, guy did tweet us. You guys need to see this one. Let's see what this is about. Uh, St. Louis is not that good. Oh, St. Louis uh, tweet from a uh, tweet from Greg Lawrence. 
St. Louis is not that good, and a game against a weak team was just what the Flyers needed. Wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, considering – I'm sorry, again, we I know we talked about this in exhaustion. The Blues pummeled the Flyers tonight. I thought the Blues were the – and I'm not trying to play into Bruce Boudreaux's comments from the playoffs last year because that was a seven-game series, but the Blues were the better team tonight. Yeah, they deserve to win that game. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, anybody who knows watching any amount of hockey whatsoever knows that uh, sometimes the better team does not win uh, in a game when they play better, and uh, they just lost. And that was the case for St. Louis tonight. They uh, just like it was against Las Vegas for the Blues um, in one of the losses. It was they the Blues played better, they deserved to win, and they just did not. That's just the way it goes. And that's just and, and again, it does show that sometimes some individual efforts by certain players do matter in the grand scheme of a game. Michael Neuver, uh, um, uh, uh, Ivan Provorov, those guys looked fantastic. The, the Will O'Neill guy, I thought he looked great. And he's, what, a 30-year-old rookie? I mean, they, they had some great individual performances tonight that pushed them ahead of the Blues. It's just going to happen. Yeah, and goalies are, I mean, that's the term, stealing a game. That's what happened tonight for the Flyers, absolutely. So, um. And and they got I mean, granted he did steal the game and they did get fortunate. Uh, 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 hit in the post, missing the open net, uh, and uh, putting that one high that he had the in the in the low slot. So they they were fortunate in that respect too. So that's mm-hmm. a funny comment. That's just that, again that's just I don't know why that would why that person would post that. That's just kind of ignorant. It's uh, probably someone who lives in Philadelphia. Yeah, assuming. Mm-hmm. Funny. Get some cheese whiz on that Philly cheesesteak. Oh, I love cheesesteaks. Man, I... I told someone at work about how you have to have cheese whiz on a Philly cheesesteak, and they thought I was crazy. No, that's the way it is. That's the way like, that's how you got to do it in Philadelphia, baby. That's how they come. Yep. Cheese whiz on shredded beef, and that's it, right? That's it. Nothing else. Pretty much. Yeah. They don't have peppers or nothing. It's good stuff. I like it. There's a really good cheesesteak place in the Ozarks. Bill, did you have a cheesesteak there when I had it at a golf trip? JJ's steak? Um, no, you you rave about it every year, and every year I just yeah, uh, not hungry at that point Fantastic. for some reason. I uh, I don't know. No. If if you're ever at the Lake of the Ozarks and you're at Osage Beach at the uh, the Outlet Mall, go to JJ's Steaks and get a cheesesteak. It's fantastic, delicious. Bill's always uh, he's always ready for the sausage pizza. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> we did get that last year, right? Papos or whatever it's called. Papos. Yeah. Did we? Oh, Micro- yeah, microbrew right across the street from the Outlet Mall. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of the place. I couldn't. That was good though. Yeah, pretty sure it's Papos. They had a location uh, at SLU that lasted about uh, six weeks and shut down. So. So. Next week, our next game for the Blues is at Toronto. So we got uh, – uh, that'd be a fantastic game, I think. Hopefully. Yeah. Maple Leafs coming in here Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. It's uh, It'll be a big game. Uh, can the Blues figure out how to shut down Austin Matthews? Nobody else has. We'll see. Uh, you know what I, bet, I bet he's going to walk right around Pareko every chance he gets. <laughs> <laughs> Six o'clock game, early start on Saturday. 
for Hockey Night in Canada. Mm. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, it, what, are you guys do, what are you guys doing for the game? Anything? I'm going to be out of town. No. Screw you. Yep. Yeah, um, I am. Uh, I have a afternoon golf round down in Ambrier. Uh, then we'll be home. Uh, well, actually, no. I think we do have uh, family plans that night, so it'll probably be a late night DVR watch for me. Yeah. Well. Okay. I, I will just... be listening on the radio at a campfire. If that falls through, I will. Uh, I'll text you or something. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to text you all night just to tell you how much I miss you. Like always? Like every Saturday night? Yep. <laughs> Never fails. And how much I hate Pareko. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You need to stop that. <laughs> all right. Uh, that'll do it for uh, this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out the uh, Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Uh, we did not do trivia tonight due to time constraints. So for... Bill Day and Jeff Ponder. I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go trade Pareko. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. Rough and tough and got the stuff to win They'll always get one more No matter what the score They are quite a hockey team, my friend